Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Welcome to Giant Size Heroes number 17. It is now mid late, no, late August. Extremely it is almost late. September. <laughs> and by the time you're hearing this, there's a new Joker trailer. And I, by the time you're hearing this, will be knee deep in the desert. I will be at Burning Man. Covered in playa dust. It sounds probably. like you're literally being buried out there. Uh, who knows? Who you knows gotta what come happens? back, Corey. I gotta come back. I gotta see the Joker trailer. <laughs> I gotta come back for the Joker trailer. Uh, so I know that somewhere right now I am in the desert thinking of you, dear dear listener, and thinking of the Joker trailer. Uh, we gotta talk about it because we we haven't seen it when you guys have seen it, and this is killing me from the past. Uh, the Joker marketing has ramped up, and they gave us eight-second little, like, vignettes on Instagram that I adore. I like some of these trailers better than most full-length trailers because they give you tone, they give you, uh, like, a weird punchline comedy, and it feels authentically like the trailer we got. Did you watch them? No, I'm holding out for the trailer. They're so perfect. Okay, I'm excited. I mean, like, it's one. Of, this is one of those things where at this point I'm going to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to regard marketing materials as optional. I know that it is our job to react to all of them. Um, I So far they've done an impressive job with all of this. I, my only worries are, are it. Uh, I'm playing one for okay. Amy and just one Corey because can't live with this. it's a punchline and it won't hit the same in the movie. All right. Uh, is it visual only or do I need – Mainly visual. Uh, okay, good, because I, we would have issues with the rest of that. <laughs> See? It's a punchline. It's amazing. It's eight <laughs> seconds. I just got a live All reaction right. of Amy. All right. Now, in the context of the This is movie, the one where he climbs into a fridge. Uh, and, okay, yes. Good. It's, it's real good. I'm interested. Yes. I don't know why I'm grudging about it, but I am. I don't watch TV spots, but I'll take an eight-second weird little what every time. I like and, – and that, honestly – I like that that's a thing you can do that wouldn't have made sense 
in an era where it was more difficult to distribute things, mm-hmm. you needed to cut a TV-sized trailer because there would it's be the a way. huge headache to try and be like, I'd like to book a bunch of six-second spots on TV at different times during your... Like, everyone would be like, what? what? It's costing us money to have this conversation. You $10 know? million dollar minute on Super Bowl. I would like six-second spots for one million, please. Right. <laughs> I, this, it's nice to have people taking advantage of the way that you can use uh, the internet for different approaches to that so and now the tone i just still don't know why i'm grudging but a grudging round of applause to you joker marketing slight grudging from amy (laughs) dollar uh and each of them had this great little slash watermark uh like the old film stock always had those those little burns in them and if you pause each of them on that flash it adds up to a little collage that spells out trailer or spells out 828 which is when we get the new trailer which is honestly fabulous which that's just neat give me that tyler durden flavor anytime you want give me (laughs) give me these weird little moments uh so 828 by the time time you hear this you will have seen it and i won't and so, amy will have seen it and i won't speaking of some things that people have seen and other people haven't seen please tell me about the black widow footage so there's this uh, this movie coming out it's called black yeah. widow. uh yeah. comes out in may yeah. uh now hall h saw footage d23 i saw some footage they were very similar <gasps> okay. but there's about 12 new seconds i'd say in the d23 maybe maybe 20 seconds of the d23 footage and uh, about 12 of it is red guardian we actually see him in the suit we see david harbour with a mask on he looks like a drunk captain america i'm very excited for cold war cap <laughs> Okay. I think my theory is that Red Guardian is going to be a commentary on how the Ruskies would have handled uh, the Super Soldier Serum, like in in the time period it's set, like this Cold War paranoia. Uh, I think it's going to be set in the nineties. I imagine so. Uh, you know, we've never been great with Russia Very until late Cold War. I'm really curious how they're going to spin their version of the America Russia relationship seeing as Black Widow is so steeped in the original sort of 60s and 70s that's paranoia what I'm curious. Yeah, of it. Same. Uh, and, you know, obviously in the comics that's a huge part of her story with Winter Soldier and it's a, we go in a different direction in the movies, but elements of those thematically are so important. I'm really curious to see how this all plays out. Well, I mean, I think the only time we've been friendly with the Russians is like 2016, 17, and 18 for current reasons. So you, generally it's a you good... You can't see me face palming uh, <laughs> on this podcast. But generally it's the a... The people it's of a... Russia we have no problem with, nor have we ever thank you uh, yes but, there's uh, just certain political elements that cause issues so i think it's going to be timeless like it, it's gonna like red dawn still plays so i think when we watch this movie it's going to be that commentary on uh what's going on with this character as a commentary on captain america from their point of view and we've got u.s agent which we talked about on regular heroes um what do we call collider hero like 20-minute video heroes. Uh, so uh, on Tuesday's episode of Heroes, we talked about U.S. Agent, which I think is going to be another commentary on maybe a fanaticized uh, Captain America, played by Wyatt Russell, which they announced for Winter Soldier and the Falcon. And uh, I'm, I'm very curious because U.S. Agent is, is not one of my better-known characters. He just pops around uh, at various <laughs> times doing various things. So I'm curious how they're bringing that in. Uh, although if what we heard, the rumors we heard about the government not wanting... Uh, Sam to be Cap would certainly play into that. And that's, yeah, I think that's the, the angle they're going to go with, and casting a blonde, blue-eyed fella is certainly going to be a commentary on that. And um, also in the Black Widow footage, we got a great button uh, after the, you know, the, the title credit scene goes and they give a little button on the trailer, like a little funny. Uh, there's a scene of Florence Pugh and she's kneeling. She's like, why do you always do this pose? And, and Black Widow's like, what? She's like, you're always, you're such a poser. And it's the Black Widow stance. <laughs> and then there's an action moment of her doing the superhero three-point landing. And it's, it was a good joke. I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, so it's a lot of the same footage from Hall H. If you saw that footage, um, it looks like Jason Bourne. It's got this really intense close-up fighting, this hyper-aggressive 
the fight between Florence Pugh and Black Widow is no holds barred, a barroom brawl, almost like Punisher Netflix level. Uh, so it looks great. It looks really different from what we've seen in the, in the uh, MCU. And I still think that Taskmaster is going to be Florence Pugh. Next year, we are getting Birds of Prey, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman. We are going to have wow. an actual array of choices and things to talk about that are all action movies with women doing awesome things, and I'm I'm not ready. And then a year and a half later, you're going to have She-Hulk and uh, Miss Marvel. Conceptually, we <laughs> don't know the dates yet. This. We don't know the dates, but theoretically, within a year and a half of those, you'll also have TV. <sighs> it's pretty dope. I mean, I, I definitely mourn uh, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Daredevil, Iron Fist, yeah. uh, Luke Cage, Defenders, but. Man, oh, man, did they did they come to play at D23 going like, we know, we're sorry, here. <laughs> uh, so the D23 was chock full of uh, first looks. We also got uh, previs images of the Eternals in some costumes that look to be what, like, you know, markups of what they're going to be wearing. And they look dope. Uh, I think my favorite one is, um, shoot, Brian Tyree Henry has this awesome, like, long kilt that I am a fan of. That there, I, it's very, this was a surprise to me, like full on previs kind of not ready to go looking shots of, of the entire cast in their outfits. Like I, I'm, it, it feels both early and late where it's like, we should already know this, but also should we be seeing this yet? It felt you know? like an Instagram post from an artist two years after the movie comes out. Like this is what I made. I mean, cause the, yeah, it's the, the concept art. I, I'm dying to see these come to life though. Honestly, but look at Brian Tyree Henry's is so dope. It's like purple. <laughs> He's got like a dress kilt thing. <laughs> I want to just have a dress kilt thing. Yeah. That's uh, rad. So I'm, I imagine that we will see them sort of in multiple looks throughout the movie, especially since it's going to spend a lot of time. And one its signature way to show the passage of time is to vary up people's looks. Uh, but I, I'm just – I have so many questions about this movie, and I'm so dying to see it. And can we get into the rest of the news from it right now? Uh, I think we can. Kit Harrington <laughs> is also in – the Eternals, and he is playing Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not put together the name. What's his name? Dane something? Whitmore, uh, Whitman. Yeah, Dane. Now, okay, you and I, we can both, we can own that we're nerds, right? Like, we can tell, like... Who, us? Like, you know, we kind of talk about comic-y stuff. The name Dane Whitman, when they said it, they're like, and Kit Harrington is Dane Whitman. I was like, is he an accountant? Like, why is anyone announcing? I feel guilty for not remembering I that because know. I've seen the Black Knight on a million Avengers covers. Like, I know the sword. I know the character. I know... But when they said Dane Whitman, I immediately went on camera. Oh, say so. This is an apology for you, dear viewer. On Collider Video, they did a roundup of all of the announcements at D23, and I was at D23, so I was like, "Sure, I'll go pop over on camera." So I went and did the video, and they were like, "Yeah," and and he's playing some guy. I don't know Dane Whitman. I don't know. I didn't know. I had no idea, and I was just off. So a lot of people online were like, "Wait, how did Koi not know Black Knight?" I know Black Knight. I don't know Dane Whitman. We didn't know his name. So for that, I apologize. It's a deep cut, like, as far as the secret identity. Like, that's not a, a surface. I mean, it's probably – we're, we're going to feel really stupid when we go back and read some of our favorite stories and they clearly Guaranteed. address him as Dane Whitman in the middle of them. Uh, but, you know, sometimes our brains fry. Uh, Who's a- this Jennifer Walters? I feel like I know that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so uh, apologies to anyone that uh, counted on me to tell them who Dane Whitman was because I didn't know. But I think he's perfect for it. I think it's almost typecasting he's so perfect. It's funny because Black Knight, of course, has been a, a like shown up across the Marvel Universe for many, many years, uh, notably like just – jumps by the Avengers in the first two decades, like, fairly often. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, so I'm interested to see this character, who I know primarily, like, uh, 
from adjacency to the Avengers popping up in the Eternals, who I also know primarily from adjacency to the Eternals. Um, yeah, that is interesting. And Two I'm point. just really stalling for time because I'm excited about Gemma Chan. Can I was, we talk I was about trying this? to make sure we got we built up to it, getting through all the Eternal stuff because I know that's where you're going to live. To the Avengers, and there we are. Hey, Gemma Chan's in it officially. How do you feel? Uh, I am very happy. <laughs> we we so okay. To just to explain, I got very very excited about this announcement. Because I hadn't realized that it answered two of my big burning questions about this movie. Uh, If you've been watching the show, you know that I've been very excited for the incredibly stacked cast of this movie. But I was very confused that nobody seemed to be playing Cersei, who's the only Eternal many people who are not deeply familiar with the Eternals would know off the top of their head. Because she was an Avenger for a long time. She loves the mortal world. She runs around and gets involved in it. She is, I would say, the most famous of the Eternals. And they had several people on their cast who were perfect casting for her. And they announced who they were playing. And none of it was Cersei. And I was like, I'm so confused. (laughs) Am I lost? Like, what happened here? You have several spot-on Cerseys. They were holding the best Cersei of all. uh, Because I also failed to call that when they announced Gemma Chan. And it was like, maybe it's going to be a new character. I was like... Oh, interesting. I guess she's not Minerva. I know part of my brain went, oh, A plus B. They're very good at that. Gemma Chan is playing Cersei. She's going to be great. Uh, I'm very excited. Cersei, again, is an Avenger. We don't know that that will happen in the MCU, but, like, why couldn't it? Yeah. Uh, She's going to be great in that part. I think she's basically typecast as a gorgeous immortal who just has a heart for the mortal world as well. I think that is the part she played in Crazy Rich Asians. And I, I just, I'm just really delighted because the, 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 I was just like, look, I know the Eternals not as well as some people, but I know the Eternals, and I'm like that, that I was baffled by this, and they have finally put it to rest. Thank you, Disney. Uh, we've got ourselves a Cersei. Cersei is very exciting, and Barry Keown is officially. We announced them simultaneously, Jim and Chan and Barry Keown being a part of the Eternals, <laughs> and we were both like, maybe, but who else? And uh, I had a really funny moment, just a personal anecdote. Uh, when I got to D23, I parked, and uh, where I parked was the same loading area. Like, it was a little, like, back behind D23, there's a different parking lot. So I was, I was loading up with the Marvel actors. So I took a little golf cart with Barry Keown. Uh, like to the thing so I was riding with him and I looked over and I actually said out loud like a fool I was like oh ah, I guess you are in the Eternals and you like, said that? yeah but like positively like and then we both had a great conversation about the Eternals but like it was a moment of like I guess this is confirmation so like <laughs> but like it was one of those things like what a weird way to start a conversation here we go uh, so he's like yeah man I'm really excited I was like dude you're gonna kill it that's fantastic Dunkirk was great and we had like a great talk about how secretive they've been and how him even like being out in public was a tricky thing so where I parked was like this back little valet area so they had to like golf cart us around behind the scenes so I was with them <laughs> getting golf carted around in the backstage area of D23 so I was with Barry in a golf cart going to the hall the hall. Corey, you're in this movie and you just haven't told us yet. By the you? way, I'm an eternal. Uh, I'm, I'm actually. <laughs> I'm playing. Oh, who would I want? I like. I don't know the Eternals at all. I'd want to play. You're Puck going to. You're going to like Flight. them. I'm, I'm Puck from Alpha Flight Aww. as an eternal. <laughs> all five foot nine of me. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And he's like a really nice kid, and it was really funny to be like, oh, I know this. This got weird, and here I am. Um, but he's uh, he's he's darling, and he was so excited. He loves the Marvel movies. He's excited to be in the MCU. Um, so yeah. Fun so fact. he's playing a sometimes ally, sometimes opponent of the Eternals. Uh, you will 
Corey, when you break down and read them, you will become familiar. Uh, it's going to happen, Trust guys. that this is all very exciting news, and there are a hundred people in this movie, but every one of them is fantastic, so... Good stuff. Yeah. I'm this cast, seeing him on stage, I've seen him twice now. Hall H, they lined them up, and then D23, they all had them like lined up just standing in front of their like visage behind them, and it was just such a powerful cast. It is um, an unreasonable cast. And Angelina Jolie, can I just say, too pretty. <laughs> like, unfair. Okay, so in the, uh, what is the hallway called? Uh, Hall D23, we're going to call it. Hall D23, there's cameras and, like, giant screens set up. So you end up, humans always watch screens instead of stage. It's a thing we do. We're horribly programmed. Well, they're big. They're big and shiny. It's just weird. Like, we, we have a stage in front of us, and farther away is a screen. And I'm always like, Bleh. like, we're designed poorly, humans, what I'm saying. So uh, Angelina Jolie comes out, and I'm watching her on the screen, and she's just this statuesque Majestic, just oh, she's so damn poised. Walks out, stands in her spot, and just like exists beautifully. And then later on, she came back out for Maleficent 2, and they announced that. And I would have put money on the footage of her walking out being the same footage. She <laughs> walks with such intensity and dedication that it looked like the same walk. It doesn't, she defies logic, is what I'm saying. The Uncanny Valley ends at Angelina Jolie's beauty. <laughs> Um, so I just, I can't, I've, I've ran into her multiple times this year and I've not yet been comfortable with how pretty she is. The Eternals, everyone. I mean, it's, uh, there's, this cast. We're... There's more to life than beauty, but we should acknowledge beauty. Art I mean... is about uh, appreciating beauty and Angelina Jolie, good God, how? I, well, no one knows how. It is a mystery. It is a mystery for the ages and maybe they will tell us in the Eternals. She, she transcends the potato scale. <laughs> She's another food entirely. Uh, now, I also want to say, uh, before we leave movies, because I want to loop back to Disney Plus itself, uh, we got a Black Panther release date in a very funny way. Um, Kevin Feige came out, and he was like, I know you guys want something new, so I flew in this guy. And he brings out Ryan Coogler. So Ryan Coogler's up on stage, and he's like, I've got the treatment for Black Panther 2. And he pulls out a wad of papers from his, from his inside jacket, and he's like, hey, do you want to tell him this? No, nah, no, nah, it's too soon. Hey, do you want to tell him the title? No, nah, no, nah, it's too soon. So Black Panther 2 isn't the title. Hey, do you want to tell him who the vi- villain is? And then there was a long pause and the whole audience like leaned forward and Ryan Coogler's like, nah, too soon, walks off stage. So oh they literally God. teased giving us nothing and then Kevin Feige's like, all right, we'll give him this and they gave us the release date. Oh. So as, as a consolation prize, <laughs> May 6th, 2022, four years between Black Panthers is a very long time, but I mean, it, is it, it got it a isn't. Best Picture Oscar. Yeah, like it, four years is a long time, but... <laughs> Making sure the movie is good is so important. Kids that were freshmen are now going to be seniors. I, that's weird. You're right. I, Kids in fourth like, grade when you are going to be graduating middle like school. Two years, it's difficult to that's make true. them great. Uh, and four years feels long. So maybe I'm only happy with three years. Apparently, you're happy with three years. I, I'm also torn because I'm I'm walking that line of like, tell me nothing, but also, why am I waiting? Like you See, know, I you're hate normally slates. the don't tell me things guy. You oh, I want to know the title and the, the villain, but like, if I found out the villain for a movie in 2022, I'd have been pissed. If I knew it was Namor or Doom now, and I had to wait three years, rage <laughs> could not begin to hang because that would mean I'd be waiting for a seed to be planted in a movie between now and then, and that sure. would ruin everything. And that's the problem with announcing too much. But then teasing me like that. I, that's why I don't go to strip clubs. It doesn't make sense. Why tease wow, yourself? Wow, that took a sharp turn, Coy. Coy crimes. Actually, no, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with strip criminal clubs. About but that. That, why go? It doesn't make sense. Why do that to yourself? You just talked about art being about appreciating aesthetics. Right. So why go? Actually, that's a good point. Ooh, touche. Guys, we're wh- going to have an off camera conversation about. We're, we're going to follow up. 
on Koi Strip Club Adventures. Uh, <laughs> or we won't. One of those things will happen. Audience, tweet me your ages because I feel like sometimes I have commentary that I don't know if it's appropriate or not. Um, now we so also it's not Koi crimes. It's Koi adult content. Yeah, Koi adult. Uh, I like that better. you don't want to start trending. Koi after because... dark. Koi adult content is a whole different thing. And my name meaning meek and shy is a very different commentary oh on koi adult content. <laughs> Guys, Nobody tweet inappropriate things at Koi. I, I realize he's kind of setting himself up right now, but just don't. Okay? I, I fear my DMs. I fear them <laughs> as we speak. Um, you guys are lovely. Thank you for existing. I also <laughs> want to loop back to Disney+. Plus. Uh, we also got an image of Scarlet Witch and Vision. We got WandaVision, and is it that is... Shadow her with the mask 100%. On. Not only is it that, it's also Vision. There's a glare where his headpiece mm. is. No one's talking about the headpiece glare. It's beautiful, the subtleness of that. And 100% is Vision meets House of M. There's no way it's not. That is exactly what that image tells me. It's, it, it's some version of House of M. Like, certainly depending on the illusion side of her powers. And, and Tom King's vision is definitely prevalent. It's definitely an influence. I'm very interested, because uh, I don't think, had we heard before who the team was on that? No, and like the supporting cast and everything is also crazy. So Jack Schaefer uh, is involved with that. And shoot, who is the other name uh, from that? I should have pulled the article up. Uh, but Jack Schaefer, I know, I recognize from a different screenwriting reporting, I believe worked on, either wrote Black Widow or did one of the drafts on Black Widow. Mm-hmm. She had a blacklist script a couple of years ago. Uh, so I'm very interested in like her involvement in the project just because I, I pinged that name from past coverage. Um, but I'm very interested to start seeing the creative creative teams that are putting together these shows. Of the new shows, I think we only have a a creative attached on Ms. Marvel. Uh, um, we have a director for Loki. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, of the, the new new. The oh, three sorry, so the surprise new new. Yeah, announcements. Yeah. Um, I think we only know creative for uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, and it's, I, I think, Bisha Ali was the name. Uh, I have to dive in more from Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, Sounds right. And the, but we, we did start getting writing and directing teams for Loki, for... Uh, we we knew some about Falcon and Winter Soldier, but mm-hmm. I think it's official now uh, for WandaVision. And do we know the team for Hawkeye yet? Because that I was something I thought we'd later. get that we don't have yet. Yeah, um, I think because it comes out in so long. Okay, okay. Uh, anyway, we're starting to fill in the creative information and the directions on these teams. They're filling out these casts with a bunch of our faves, and I'm I'm very excited. I I think Young Avengers is all but established with what we're hearing. I think Young Avengers is. <laughs> You're like, giving me credit for that. Oh, 100. <laughs> percent Like that's happening. And I I'm mean, f- full credit. That's happening. 2023 Young Avengers would not surprise me. Uh, what if their version of Young Avengers has Kamala in it? I guess that would oh, make sense. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, I think Kamala is the last oh, piece of the puzzle. Do think... we get Billy and Teddy out of WandaVision? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm into it. And, I mean, you okay, you introduced the She-Hulk, so you can have Hulkling. Like, this is all leading to Young Avengers. I might be crazy, but to me, She-Hulk means Hulkling. And to me, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel means we can have some Kree flavor. Like, I think this is all leading to Young Avengers. I'm processing. Because <laughs> I'm very happy, but I'm trying not to get too Is that excited. too big of a bite? Am I making a leap? I feel I like it's right there. It is right there. Cassie Lang's around. Mm-hmm. We, we have a doorway to Billy and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Kate Bishop. We need Patriot, but he could get inspired by Sam and and. That's what I'm thinking. I think I think Patriot makes a a young cameo appearance in Falcon Winter Soldier. And Iron Lad is tough to work in, but I don't know. I'm I'm going way back on the Young Avengers. They have a lot of lineups, y'all. Yeah. We need America Chavez. I'm kind of surprised she hasn't been announced yet. Uh, but she can come in anywhere at any yeah. time because she's got dimension punching powers. True. Uh, so. 
we could bring her in in the Hawkeye show as a supporting character at first. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, you know, make her she a face movie. She could her way through movie. Doctor Strange. Um, that's true. Multiverse of Madness. Here she Multiverse comes. Multiverse of Madness leading to America Chavez. And all these all things right, tying let's... in together means all of this is an option. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the Marvel Universe. That's how things work. Guys, we're <sighs> up to the best of times. Oh, also, speaking of Disney, I already bought my Disney Plus stuff. Uh, I'm so stoked. I'm I, so jealous. I, I can live with missing a lot of this footage, but I, I would have loved to be signed up already. I have Disney Plus through November 12th, 2022. <laughs> I am stacked with Disney Plus. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was all the Disney Marvel stuff. Uh, also check out Heroes this week for more because yeah, yeah, we dove yeah. into all the announcements. And our, oh, we yeah. actually Kate gave... Heron is that director on Loki that you, you put that oh, on the rundown. Right. Um, uh, and we got announcements, uh, obviously, for the new three shows of Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. And if you haven't watched our Heroes this week, we gave some reading recommendations. We got so many tweets about reading recommendations, I wanted to save it for the show. So check out the episode because I think we gave like three solid ones per each character. There's so much good stuff. It's a real good time. Speaking of a real good time, the Suicide Squad is going to be a real good time. <laughs> and King Shark has been officially cast. Steve Agi, I think is how you name it, say his name. Agi, Agi, I don't know. I Friend of James Gunn, voice actor extraordinaire. I think he's going to be fantastic because I love... I freaking love that James Gunn works with his friends. Uh, I don't know anything about this this particular actor except that he's friends with James Gunn. That's enough for me. Um, his name is very familiar, but I forgot to look him up before this. Uh, I do this want to shout out the bestest uh, frame of King Shark, which I want to say comes from Secret Six from Gail Simone's run, but uh, correct I'm... me if I'm wrong there. It's the one where he runs down the hill going, I'm a shark, I'm a shark, I'm a shark, I'm a shark, I'm a shark. That's all I want. That's very good. That's all I want. And it could happen. It will. It's James Gunn. It will happen. (laughs) Uh, We also found out that Nathan Fillion is joining Suicide Squad. (laughs) That's right. This is is just... He's like a guy who would absolutely sign on to get blown up in the first one. 100%. Yeah. I also feel like this cast is just James Gunn's house. Like, you know how uh, Joss Whedon made Much Ado yeah. at his house? I feel like that's the suicide Well, These are all, like, James Gunn's friends. <laughs> like, these are all people at a James Gunn pool party. And that's, gr- that's great. Because you have that shorthand with the, uh, the director. It saves you time, saves you budget, saves you, like, you trust him. It's fantastic <laughs> news. I'm very excited. Conveniently, James Gunn. Great friends. Uh, so, Nathan Fillion, fantastic. Uh, also, Nathan Fillion is, like, the coolest dude. I'm so glad that guy is always working either in TV and film. Nathan's the man. Um, we must... Firefly fan. Can't confirm. Yeah, can confirm. Stayed awesome through 90s, 2000s, and today. Yeah. Uh, we also have <laughs> Haley Atwell switching back to Marvel because the, the only the only news out of DC has been the aggressive Suicide Squad casting, which makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, back to Marvel, we've got Haley Atwell addresses Sharon Carter, Chris, in an impossibly charming way. Uh, she very adorably commented, uh, do you have that pulled up? It uh, makes more sense in your voice than mine. Uh, let's see. The, t- did Steve Rogers tell Peggy about the time he snogged her grandniece? Haley Atwell, who plays Peggy, thinks he did. Probably in a very awkward way that probably meant there was a domestic. Words were said, word, voices may have risen. Wouldn't that be hilarious if they had a proper argument about it and she just slams the door and he goes off fishing for the weekend or something? I don't know. Because it's the 40s, I, I'm going to stop trying to do the accent, sorry. Because it's the 40s, I think it can have such a beautiful, wholesome kind of screwball comedy tone to it rather than a soap opera. Let's write it now. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Very sweet. Uh, it is funny because it's like, I I love Sharon Carter. Uh, and Sharon Carter, obviously, again, in the comics, Cap's main squeeze on and off for most of the existence of, like, 
that character. Yeah. Uh, and I feel a little bad for her, but uh, nobody can help us. the fact that we got a Peggy who was just a world changer, who just distorted the universe around her because she's too cool and too important, and now canon will just mold itself to her because, goddammit, she's Peggy Carter. At Haley Atwell, I, the caption I wrote is, Haley Atwell addresses Sharon Carter Kiss, comma, is impossibly charming. Because yeah. that's what happened to the universe. We just couldn't <laughs> begin to hang, and we had to write it around her. And I get it. <laughs> Uh, every time I see an interview with her, I'm like, how do you – yeah, you travel through time and figure that shit out. Yeah, you make that work, Steve Rogers. Yeah. You do that. Uh, you go to war and you come back for that woman. Um, so I'm very excited for her, uh, Sharon Carter, being a part of Winter Soldier and Falcon to get her time to shine as they had to change her character a lot to make it work. She's still Agent 13, man. She's still got stuff going on. That's what I mean. We'll get an Agent 13. Like, we'll yeah. actually get her getting to play. And yeah. that's exciting because the power of Disney+. Plus. Um, <laughs> speaking of strange moments and conflicts. Yeah, tell me about this next one. John Watts. He directed Homecoming and Far From Home. He sure did. Marvel and Sony together made Homecoming and Far From Home. Sure did. Now, Marvel and Sony together want him separately. <laughs> Both Marvel and Sony are fighting over John Watts. He is not signed on for Spider-Man 3 Broken Home. He mm. is a free agent. So, I still think it's Spider-Man 3 you can't go home again. That's so long. I know. You're probably right. <laughs> And if they actually call it Broken Home, that's both like a slap in the face and a compliment. Like, you what can't could use they? either of those. Spider-Man 3. I mean, I called it Where is Home while the news was developing. And mm-hmm. now that it's a broken home, when it lands, what even can it be? Spider-Man 3. Phone home. <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Oh, no, no. You know what it is? It's a comic book movie, so it's on the potato scale. So it's Spider-Man 3, Home Fries. Oh, And my it's a God. breakfast-based film. Spider-Man 3, Home Skillet. <laughs> It's just him just figuring out his life. Uh, Home Fries is going to be an excellent film. John Watts may not come back to direct it. Um, Both sides are basically trying to get John Watts to direct for them, which is very interesting because to me this is starting to feel like the studio system again, like the old 20s where you're like, yeah, see, we've got him for seven pictures. Mm -hmm. And we're enlisting talent in in a company. And it's yeah. a very strange thing. The entertainment I industry think it's real probably weird. been this for a while, and we just didn't notice. Oh, it's definitely been this. Like, you'll see directors working for one studio consistently all the time, but it's never been so public because of the internet. We've never had it where, like, commentary about this is a news source. It's been like, oh, how convenient. But, like, this is weird. They're publicly arguing over the rights to have John Watts do their films. Very strange. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where John Watts lands. Obviously, he's a fantastic director. The Mysterio scene in Far From Home is one of the best Marvel scenes. Hard stop, in my opinion. Um, That, like, they made John Remedier slash Steve Ditko happen in film. What? Thank you. Um, So back to television. We've got... Falcon is Falcon, not Captain America. This uh, isn't interesting because I just have been assuming that we were going to get there. And I'm a little disappointed if we're never getting there. I think that's the arc. Kay. I think he's intentionally misleading us. I Kay. think the first three or four episodes is the government not wanting him to be Captain America and him being like, no, I'm Captain America, and him fighting for the title. Because that is kind are, of the— Are they going to change the TV show's title for season two? I think that's how it ends. I think the last button is is— Captain America and Winter Soldier, and then season two is Captain America and Winter Soldier. Yeah, so yeah. Yes is what I think. Okay. So I think season one is Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then the the comeuppance of, like, you guys are racist and monsters, and then he he is Captain America at the end. Do you think we get feature film Captain America starring Sam Wilson? I mean, not starring Sam Wilson, you know, Sam Wilson as Captain America. Uh, Or do you think he inherited this title only to have it, like, as a TV and guest appearances and big movies thing? I think he defends the title because I think they call U.S. Agent Captain America. Okay. And then once he defeats him, 
he gets the mantle, and then I think maybe he goes Avengers with it and gets a movie. But I'm I don't just know. saying, Phase Five, Six, Seven. Is there a ostensibly solo film that probably has a bunch of cool supporting characters that is Captain America? Anthony Mackie. That's him, Anthony Mackie. I think Anthony Mackie gets it in an Avengers movie and then gets a solo film. But I think they wouldn't have. I don't think you do Captain America. Anthony Mackie until after a team-up film that stems from the Disney Plus shows. Okay. Just for logistics. I don't know if it makes it's, sense to well, do... Well, since they've greenlit this show, that may theoretically take the place of that. I could see that. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? But I could see the team-up movie happening and then a solo. But, yes, I think Anthony Mackie will be Captain America by the end of the series, leading to film. And you think he's just saying, I'm Falcon and I'm staying Falcon as a way of giving it, making it dramatically more satisfying. Exactly. Okay. Just like every Marvel actor lies about what movie they're in. Like, it's just, you know, it's tactics. At a certain point, you can't just tell people the spoilers. Exactly. And, like, this theory, like, U.S. Agent being in it and all these other tie-ins, I feel like that's the arc of the show. So you don't say, like, I'm Captain America at the opening because then there's no, like... Right. You gotta. You can't have him. You can't have the I am Iron Man scene in the opening of 2008's Iron Man. <laughs> like it doesn't. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so that's my theory. Okay. Uh, we also and we mentioned earlier, Kate Heron is on Loki, which is very exciting. I'm. I'm really. Uh, I've been saying I think since Marvel movie news. So for the last five years, I don't want us to look at female directors as I can't wait to see what female superhero movie she directs. I can't wait until we're at the age where directors are directors and we're seeing what movie or TV show they direct and now with this announcement we're there Loki is a dude and that doesn't matter sometimes Kate Heron that's true and Kate (laughs) Heron is a woman and that doesn't matter Kate Heron directing Loki is like I'm so glad it's not we're playing in sandboxes and that's so stupid I don't want to just see female directors on Black Widow and Birds of Prey and all these things and I don't want to see just male directors on these shows Kate Heron has has earned her like she's a great director so now she's doing Loki like and it's not a thing so it is, this announcement made me happy it, it, it's it does make me happy for very similar reasons I think I would phrase in a way like you have to acknowledge that like we have to do both Mm-hmm. Like, it matters that Ryan Coogler made Black Panther. Oh, 100%. Um, and, but you also have to create opportunities for people to, like, for every kind of person to do every kind of film. Uh, that is the future we are all trying to work f- towards. And you can't set it up so that it somehow, like, that being happy that Kate Heron's on Loki takes nothing away from being happy that other women are working on female-led projects. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, you, those things are not in opposition. They both need to happen. Uh, we need all of it. It's a team up. Uh, you need all all your heroes. Uh, so yeah, I'm also very excited. About I think, this. And I, I really like that it wasn't a thing. And in an age of uh, toxic internet, this just being announced, it didn't have kickback, and that made me happy. And the fact that like uh, the teams for these TV shows, I I am happy that they seem to be casting a wide net very smartly for because as we like we don't bring it up all the time, but the movies have been very slow to go in that direction. Yeah, we just had literally the first woman to be on a directing team for a Marvel Cinematic universe film this year we had the epiphany last giant size where we realized that hello was the first female villain again like when we were both like oh thor ragnarok first film. what yeah so we're so getting there future get get here get here quickly uh, this is a step a, a good one uh now we also got speaking of a step I'm into the so future excited about this next one can i just say reading this sentence filled me with such glee for the Read next the generation sentence. moon girl and devil dinosaur on the disney channel <laughs> i I'm terrified of Monopolies, but good God, am I jealous of kids growing up with the Disney Channel featuring Moon Girl and De- like 
That's full amalgamation. Like, we, we what? <laughs> so Devil Dinosaur, obviously, is a classic Jack Kirby character. Uh, from the At that time, it was Moonboy and Devil Dinosaur. It took place in the fake prehistoric past where, for some reason, proto people were running around with dinosaurs, which didn't happen, but when Jack Kirby landed, can. Uh, and just something that was like a loved corner of the Marvel Universe for many of us for many years, but did not exactly come up a lot. And then the brilliant Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader uh, and Natasha Bustos put together a, a new pitch on this a couple of years ago now. Uh, it's very well established in the comics. I think the book's on, like, issue 30-something, 40-something. Yeah, it's uh, a few years running. I've been pulling it, and I don't remember what number it's on. Uh, but it's well along now. Uh, there is a book called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur about a modern junior high schooler who is also a super genius who uh, has a devil dinosaur fall out of a portal into her New York, uh, and they become best friends. And if you're not already on board, I don't know what to do with you. She is the smartest girl on the planet. She's the smartest person on the planet. She's Lunella Lafayette, so even her name has a moon thing, and it's a great comic book name. She's also as smart or smarter than Reed Richards, depending on which storyline that's convenient for. But to me, this being on the Disney Channel is my favorite thing about Marvel. You know what Marvel values? Intelligence. You know what Marvel encourages? Learning. You know what's a superpower? Being smart. Now, at the frickin' base level, we get a Disney Channel show teaching kids how great it is to be smart. One of the best things that ever happened to me was my parents raised me valuing intelligence. I was reading as soon as I could. I learned to read comic books. But as soon as I could read, my parents were like, here. And I couldn't spend money on, like, I'd have to save my allowance for video games and movies and all that stuff. But if there was a book I really wanted, my parents would get it for me. And that really instilled this sense of, like, education and knowledge and I feel like that's something we've lost. They did a half and half deal with us. We had yeah. to buy all of our own stuff except uh, books which they would pay half for which was our incentive that great... like uh, that, that it was basically cheaper than anything else we could be spending our money on uh, and also we they probably couldn't have just given all the books outright because we would have bankrupted the family. Oh yeah no there's definitely still a filter. <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. similar that, deal. Yeah so I think that's, that's why we're here now. Like Amy Nerds. and I doing this it is like great. they push the nerd them hard <laughs> and I think I think that uh, Disney Plus do, or Disney Channel doing something like this—that's that's such. It's a good character for that kind of encouragement. Well, she's just fun. And that's like, what a great age range to introduce you to freaking Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the opposite side of comics, the boys. <laughs> From kids to adults. Uh, I wanted to see how that transition went. It was fun. Terror, one of my favorite characters in The Boys, barely featured in The Boys Season 1 on purpose. The Boys Season 2 will heavily feature Terror the Bulldog. If you've read The Boys, Terror is the bulldog uh, right-hand man of Billy Butcher. He is he is his best friend. He's the only thing he cares about. He will defend him to the ends of the earth. So the segue here is Devil Dinosaur to Terror you the Bulldog. It? Okay, it is. I see it. I see From it. From adult companionship to child companionship and vice versa. <laughs> Everybody needs pets. Everyone needs a companion, whether it's a dinosaur or a bulldog. They're all important. (laughs) So uh, I love that in season two, they've already come out. Eric Kripke, the showrunner, has said, yes, 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 we are getting more terror in season two. They said season one logistics. They were already trying to make a show unlike anything else. Adding a dog to that, green screen to that, all that to that. No, no, no. But now that it's one of the highest rated shows and highest valued shows on Amazon, you can make some more uh, changes now. So I'm excited for terror because that character is great. He's on like five of the covers of The Voice. He's a very, he's like, one of the boys uh so i'm really excited and if you haven't checked out the boys it is way better than i would have ever expected as a fan of the comics i didn't know how it translate i finished it and i think with the last two episodes it does garth innis better than the comics because i think it filters i love garth innis by all means but you can you can interpret garth innis in a really negative way 
Sure. And the show allows for less interpretation because it's giving you it through the filter of television. Like the word – any word when you read it, it's like, it's like texting versus calling. When you get a text, it can be like, we need to talk. And you're like, oh, no. But if you talk to someone on the phone, we need to talk. You know it's way better than you so expected. So you're saying that series has been made in a way that prevents what are probably some popular misreadings of the of text. Ennis. Yeah. That's very – that's a strong pitch, that, that And specifically for, for the person across from me, to Amy, <laughs> it allows Garth Ennis to be translated in a way that I think is much more appropriate for 2019 and much more morally sound. And I like Garth Ennis, but I think you can read him wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I think the show actually supersedes the comic in some ways. You heard it here first. Yeah. Check out the boys. I cannot speak higher of it. Um, yeah. That's, and that's the strongest pitch I got. So let me know when I come back from Burning Man if you've seen it because okay. I really think okay. you'll dig it. This is going to be the slow war of attrition where I finally decide to watch the boys and Koi reads the Eternal. Yeah. It's me. It's me like I'm not going to read it and her being like, I don't know. And then there's going to be one week we come back and it's going to be like Saga where we both just unload content <laughs> that is no longer relevant. It's not topical. It's not news. But Amy and I need to get through it. Um, <laughs> speaking of actually relevant, Marvel Comics 1000. Um why that number? Because DC did two 1000s. <laughs> but what does it mean? Doing, look, Marvel, you know we love you. You know we, we just, love you. We're just gently making fun. We're just aware of your transparencies. <laughs> I just got to acknowledge it. Uh, you know, you, you released a comic after Action Comics 1000 and Detective Comics 1000 without a title. It's just Marvel Comics 1000. Sure is swell, though. Uh, Honestly, I love the though, team. The, this incredible rank of collaborators oh, uh, that worked on this. Uh, Al Ewing has some kind of spine story, supposedly, that's going to unfold in one-page increments throughout. That's but cool. overall, it's like this 80-page jam comic. Um, as we discussed when it was first announced, kind of wish there were more women involved. Uh, but, you know, work in progress. Work on it for the future, Marvel. Uh, and Marvel Comics 2000. Beat DC <laughs> to the punch. <laughs> the... Uh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's uh, just shamelessly, like, they get to Batman, like, 17 times. They're like, no, we're going to round up. I just, it was so funny because, like, Deadpool already did this, Marvel. You know he, he made fake joke high numbers. He's one of yours. He counted backwards <laughs> from his fake high number There was a, a team up where they counted backwards yeah, from 900 guys. It, uh... <laughs> Okay, we're honestly though we're very excited about Marvel Comics 1000. Some unbelievable legends coming together for this. We have folks putting out on their list just for the one page of Miracle Man content that's supposed to be in this. Yeah. Uh, at the time of recording, we haven't gotten to read it yet, um, but you know, obviously it is at the top of our stack. There's a George week. Perez page. Ugh. George Perez retired. George Perez did a page in this. Like there are things like that that can only exist in this book. Uh, Rob Liefeld has a he inks, writes, and draws because he's in all three of the sections, which makes me very happy. Um, I'm gonna totally name drop because it just made me so happy rob just texted me during the show no, no, and i what? just yeah, and i just had this so uh during this is actually you know i'm gonna count this as news because i'm gonna tangent about my own life um, okay it, it, it ties in deadpool himself ryan reynolds was uh on instagram while rob liefeld was doing a live chat about marvel comics 1000 see it all ties in together Whoa. so um rob was going through his marvel comics 1000 and he can't open it he can't show it because it's not out yet okay so he's like talking about the book and he's saying a lot of the same things we are and he's really excited about it, but the whole time Ryan is in his live chat on Instagram going, open it, do it, be an anarchist. <laughs> it's about anarchy, Rob. Do it. So Ryan is egging on Rob Liefeld in his live chat, and Rob is incapable of keeping his shit together. He's laughing, he's breaking, he's trying to be like, this is really, and then uh, Ryan starts saying like, Rob, I'm under the desk. Rob, I'm so hungry. Please let me out. Am I bleeding? No, no, it's just ketchup. Like, literally, like, 
like Ryan's just going just at trolling him. trolling him the whole time. So uh, it was really great, and it's a great way to present the book. And uh, he asked him if they can film Deadpool three in Rob's house. Uh, so I <laughs> so I texted Rob like I think that's my favorite MCU cameo to date was Ryan Reynolds in your Marvel Comics one thousand. And I'm like that's the soonest we've gotten Ryan with the mouse because the cover of the one thousand has Mickey Mouse on it. So I'm counting There's that. There's yeah, an alternate cover that they made available at D twenty three, right? Yep, and that was the Neat. one Rob was. So I'm considering that Deadpool's cameo in the MCU is the live chat <laughs> with Rob Liefeld. Uh, so I sent him that the other day, and he just texted me back. Um, so Aww. that actually, see, it's news. I made that work. It's perfect. Uh, so we, we also got some co- other books this week. At the incoming event. There's a giant event comic where it looks like it looks like He-Man. Do you have any theories? <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. Uh, it. He's he yeah honestly it looks like a street fighter character with a giant sword uh and I don't think that's what it is uh but that was it's really where my brain went first uh for the for the incoming announcement uh, yeah but it's somebody very beefy holding a giant sword and I don't know what I do you think I wonder if it's Conan with the null sword because of all this absolute carnage stuff, I wonder if it's a symbiote sword of Conan the Barbarian because they're making him such an important part of the Marvel Universe. That has been a really notable thing happening this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they haven't been subtle. Like, Conan <laughs> is an Avenger. He, like, wasn't at Marvel, then he had a title, and now he's an Avenger, and there's a sword in this thing. I think it's Conan. Okay. And the symbiote swords are weirdly but in every book. But then what's incoming? Uh, Alien threats that he has to fight? I hope, he, I hope there's a savage land arc. I don't know. Um... Yeah, what is that? Because the, they can't do symbiotes again. We're in the symbiote stuff right now. Uh, that sure does look like a symbiote sword, though. One will unite them. It's got sort of ribbons coming off of it in a very, again, Final Fantasy-looking way. Uh, I don't, it, look, he looks like a really jacked Peter Pan. I don't know. Uh, hey, Disney owns both. He's got... <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, are you ready for the Lost Boy Avengers? Oh, my God. He will unite them. Wendy, Avengers mom. Oh, it's coming. Uh, Y'all aren't even ready. Tinkerbell, chaos magic. Yes. Uh, Make it happen. Make it happen, Disney. We know you're plotting it. (laughs) Uh, Well, we will theorize that as it develops, but I'm going to make sure this week we get to Twitter questions because we have missed the last two weeks of Twitter questions, and they have been rad. All right, we're kicking it off. Anything else that we wanted to say on our pull list books? Or oh, we cover it well. Uh, the... I think we covered it on the show. Well, right. like they're all good, and I think they're all very different. Uh, all of our pull list books are. Oh, we also want to mention Batman versus Superman or Batman Superman number yeah, one comes yeah, out this yeah. week. Josh Williamson, who's doing a great job on Flash with art by Juan Cabal, if I remember correctly. He uh, he was the artist on Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man for a bit, and he is now at DC. Is that? Uh, let me just check please double on check that. for me because I love him. David Marquez. Oh shit! Okay, David Marquez, who was with Bendis on uh, the Defenders book. So David Marquez and Juan Cabal are my two favorite new artists, which is why I keep mixing them up. I apologize to both of you. I love you. That's why I keep mixing you up. Um, Honestly, that's how comic book fans remember things. I love this person. It goes in a file with the other ones that I love, <laughs> and sometimes the wrong thing comes out of your mouth. So David Marquez is now – he just signed a DC thing because he's friends with Bendis. So Aww. they're like – they're over there together, which makes me so happy because this book looks gorgeous. And I have always loved Batman Superman books. Uh, Ed McGinnis, one of my favorite artists of all time, brought me over to the Batman Superman book back in the 2000s. So mm. I'm really excited to follow that trend with this art. Artist, uh, and Josh Williamson. So I wanted to add that to the poll. And Absolute Carnage, I'm going to say that week Absolute Carnage came out, that's one of the, my favorite comic books, period. Absolute Carnage number one, ah. I expected to like, I thought it'd be a gimmick. Like Carnage is back. Ooh, do you guys hear that? Uh, you all may or may not be able to hear. There's some construction apparently happening. Absolute Carnage going on outside right now. <laughs> As we speak. I thought it might be a gimmick because Carnage is one of those characters people just bring back. I trusted Donny Cates, so sure. I stayed open-minded. Yeah. 
it is a book that writes Spider-Man well, that writes Venom well, that has Carnage great, that actually has a good through line tying Null into the MCU. It is insanity. And the spin-off books are so far great. Deadpool Carnage is a gimmick and a half. Fantastic book. Deadpool goes to Ravencroft, and it's so much fun. <laughs> like, it's – I'm in love with this book. So uh, Absolute Carnage, I gave it an A+, and I've given out like 10 A-pluses this year. It is incredible. Very nice. All right. So we, most of the books on this week's list you're already familiar with. Curse of the White Knight, House of X number three. Um, we're going to have to save our House of X, our, our Hox deep dive until we uh, catch up and we get Koi back from the desert. Uh, and I'll be then it very differently then. The indie of the week uh, for me was Sarah and the Royal Stars, which I had been I, – I didn't plug it on number one because I hadn't had a chance to read it yet. But it's a, a wonderful beginning. It is sort of a high fantasy – it combines astronomy, mythology, world mythology, and like uh, you know, there's a, a a royal family conflict and a kingdom in danger, and a princess who's got to go out and follow the mysterious voice uh, to find whoever she's going to team up with to save uh, their world. Uh, and it's going to be a, it's so far it's fantastic. So number two is out this week. It's from John Sway and uh, Audrey Mock. It's published over at Vault, who you all will remember because they publish Heathen. Um, so they're making some moves and some interesting uh, stuff going on over there. And we already talked about 1000 and also Ryan Stegman's on our Absolute Carnage and he's amazing. And the last book uh, would be the what was the other one I pulled? Uh, Curse the White Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't read Curse the White Knight. The first one, Sean Murphy wrote and drew this beast of a book. It's his follow up to his White Knight, which was one of the best selling and best received miniseries of the last couple of years. Basically, the Joker. I just put this on the last comic book shopping because I just read it. Um, nice. Basically, it's so good. The Joker's a good guy, ish. Joker, <laughs> a good guy adjacent. Uh, basically, the Joker gets bored with just being a regular villain, decides to become sane to fight Batman in his terms, and kind of becomes like congressman to golf. It's great. Check it out. And then this is the sequel, and they're on issue two. Now, Twitter. Yes. All right, let's kick it off with Kyle Davis. Has a comment. It's not a question, but it was nice. Uh, road trip to South Carolina. Stopped by the library to pick up some books. Collider Heroes and Zaga. It's a stack. Check out Kyle Davis's Twitter at, at Kyle Tweetering, and he went to the library and picked up so many books for Yay. his trip. Made me real happy. Wanted to give that Aww. some love. Uh, we've also got Derek uh, Richardson at Dirk underscore 101. Which do you think is more likely, that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will lead to the introduction of mutants in the MCU or the supernatural like Blade and Ghost Rider? Blade and Ghost Rider, 100%. I think that's happening. It does seem uh, more likely to come out, especially with the horror tone. They do have a lot of options to lead to the introduction of mutants. Obviously, we all have guess about whether Wanda's going to be involved. I don't need that to happen. Um, I think they can handle that. Uh, with other parts of their universe and let mutants be their own thing. But, you know, I'm never going to be mad about it if that is how it goes. I don't think Wanda should be involved because then it adds a convoluted mess with Magneto and stuff. So I personally think that you My should... super mixed feelings about, uh, like, House of... Look, I, I love House of M, but I also have super mixed feelings about it. I think they had to do the entire Children's Crusade miniseries to sort of rehab her character after that. I think there's a lot to be said about the idea of women being emotional and snapping and, like, that we retell stories about women with great power always losing it. Um, on the other hand, I'm done to see WandaVision, so uh, <laughs> I trust that they're going to figure this out and make it great. But I don't need things to go exactly the way they do in the comics. Be creative. I agree. And I also think that uh, the horror element of Scarlet Witch was going to tie better into like the darkness of her in the Avengers is already strong. So mm. making her darker and bringing in... We know Blade's coming. I think tying Blade, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch together makes more sense. Also, so, at some point, we can start calling her Scarlet Witch, and I'm excited. She's already got the headdress and that vision. I, I love know, that image. Uh, so thank you for that question. I think they're going to go supernatural. Uh, KB Tibbs is a snake or something. A dragon? I don't He's know. He's a dragon. He's yeah. a dragon. I respect that. At KB Tibbs says, a 12-hour deep dive on Hawks Pox notwithstanding 
coming. Oh, it's coming. Uh, he asks, with The Kitchen, Atomic Blonde, The Kingsman, and others, we're getting movies that most people probably don't realize started as comic books. What would your picks for Fly Under the Radar adaptations be? That's an awesome question. Love that question. Well, uh, until they announce a live-action television adaptation of the long-running uh, language warning for the book I'm about to say, but it is a classic of LGBT comics. It's called Dykes to Watch Out For. Uh, it ran in independent newspapers for many, many years. It's Alison Bechtel who did Fun Home. Uh, it, and uh, and so, yeah, until they, they do that, we the ones we always shout out, Strangers in Paradise would be amazing. They're doing one of my classic picks right now. Stumptown is coming to ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, what have you got? Uh, I've got two that are also classically said, but I'm going to stand by them until they make them criminal. Yeah. Should exist. Yeah. Criminal on Showtime or HBO. It's it's so good. It's an interweaving of cr- criminal element characters. The characters are really well developed. The art is gorgeous. The book is amazing and long running and deservedly so. Uh, criminal is a noir comic for people that don't know they love noir comics. It's amazing. And the and, other one uh, did Dark Archie before Riverdale was a twinkle in anybody's eye. Damn straight. Uh, and on the other side, a very similarly noir uh, messed up book, Hundred Bullets. I think would be a great long form show because the characters that weave in and out of that are all so well-developed, and they leave, and you expect them to be gone, and they come back in really surprising ways, so long-form, that would be great. Uh, I heard rumor that Tom Hardy held the license to it, so I would love to there see... There have been so many rumors about yeah. them making 100 Bullets over the years. It, it is one of those, like, that the premise is so simple and basic and has so much room for possibility. This but would no definitely, one would know it's a comic. Yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, so check out 100 Bullets if you haven't. It runs 100 issues, obviously. Uh, and it's basically a guy gives you 100 bullets that are untraceable, and you can't get in trouble for using them, and go. So, uh, and you... Go do the Happy thing that ruins your life. <laughs> Basically, it's a. It doesn't sound like a comic, and the show wouldn't either. So those are my. Those are my two. Uh, we also got Carlos Rivera at Solrack, nineteen eighty three. Oh, I see. It's Carlos backwards. I've seen your name a bunch of times, and I just put this together. You know, me too. Excellent work, Carlos, nice. nineteen eighty three. You're five years older than me, and you've stumped me. Uh, which image comic book character do you want to see in a streaming service? I would like to see the darkness. Aww. Uh Saga's on image, bro. <laughs> And, and I was curious whether this question meant sort of like that first generation, like first 10 years of image, like those semi-interconnected characters. Uh, I guess they're not really, but we always thought of them as being in the same family. At this point, there's a million image characters that we need to see because they become the home to so much incredible mm-hmm. storytelling. Uh, so my answer is basically all of them. Um, that's supposed to be happening. We think we're getting paper girls. We Like someday someone will do Saga. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I don't have, let's see, some of those early characters, like, they've already done Witchblade. Uh, they've tried Spawn. They're, they're coming back to that one eventually. If it's from that initial dark universe, I don't know if I have, like, an outside pick. Um, Magdalena might be an interesting, is that her name? Uh, which one's, like, the Arthurian one? I think you're right. Yeah. I think my answer is is... There's not an image comic I don't want to see adapted, and that's how good Image is. Like, Image is the most consistent, I think, of, of the houses. Like Marvel puts out... It's not even a house, though. That's the thing. That's the beauty of it. But it's it's all under a brand. It's the most consistent brand, and I thank it. So anything, anything image. Uh, Final two, we got Debbie Schechter. I like the symbols next to your name. I don't want to say it. I'm so sorry. At Lohud, Debbie Do. You think in adapting the Jason Aaron story of the Mighty Thor, the cancer Jane gets would be the aftermath of her holding the Aether? Absolutely. Honestly, it does make a lot of sense. It's, It's a weird thing where, like, 
talking about the ways that they might do that feels like spoilers for the movie they might or might not be making. Like, they're clearly going to draw from that run. I don't know whether that illness is going to be part of the storyline they go with. Um, it's a big part of how that plays out in the comics, but obviously things are different here. And uh, we just dealt with, like, needing to heal her from stuff in her last movie. But it was a long time ago, and people have probably forgotten. Uh, so I, I think that's a pretty reasonable guess. I'm just really – I'm curious exactly how they are going to play this because I expect it being Taika – his Ragnarok looked very different from what we, what yeah. I would have told you I needed in a Ragnarok movie based on the comic book version of that. So I am preparing for something that has a lot of similarities with this run, but in many ways departs from it. Amy's wearing a Mighty Thor shirt right now. She says this. <laughs> Just saying. All right, our final question, the sweaty question of the week. Olivia Adams at Meaning of Night. Cool name. <laughs> what are some things you would tell past self, little brand new comic fan you? Anything from book recs to talking about your relationship to comics now and how it's changed over time? Much love for Giant Size Heroes. Question don't get much sweatier than that. What do you got? Uh, there's nothing I could tell baby Amy that she would believe, uh, honestly, about the way I would I would probably just end up like, in movies you hate it when somebody drops in and they just waggle their eyebrows mysteriously and go, you look forward to vague things about the future. And I feel like now I get it. Because if I attempted to go back in time and explain the modern world of nerddom, just zero part of me would believe in any of this. Yeah. Uh, so I... Would certainly, let's see. You 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 answer while I, I resemble my thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say from the top. I love that Amy and Amy's Twitter bio is like I've always wanted to live in stories, and I think that Amy's answer just now was like pure whimsy and fantasy. And Amy, <laughs> I just like Amy went big approach, and mine is the opposite. I would buy stock in Marvel. I would immediately try to profit. I would try to get a job at Marvel when I knew it would change me. I've done all the research, and now it's too late. Uh, I would accept the fact that, like, everyone thinks of a Disney shill now. Oh, I'd be a Disney shill and a half at a time machine. Uh, I would immediately go back, tell myself that every comic I read is more important than the homework I'm skipping by doing it. I did. I was the kid that did really well on tests, so I graduated by the skin of my teeth, but I didn't do as much work as I should have. I, I, we started this by saying I value education. I wish I'd gone back and actually did the work in high school that I ignored. But I'd also tell myself that going out and partying is way less important than comic books, which is a really weird thing to say as an adult. Like, value education, value learning. If I could write better now, then I'd be writing and hosting more, and I would say that that stemming from comics would be a strength of mine. So invest in learning, invest in reading, invest in buying more books. It's not a waste of money. Um, listen to your parents that, that reading and learning is the most important thing, and then buy stock at Marvel when it's broke. ultimate opposite of Corey Crimes until that last stock-fixing part right at the end. <laughs> but, like, that Corey would go back and be like, kid, do your homework. You'd be your own Captain America meme, and you'd be pulling up a chair like, so, you've decided to skip the reading. But also, while you're selling off characters to Sony and Fox, buy that stock, it's cheap. <laughs> while Bendis is writing on, like, like, like boards, Ultimate Spider-Man, he's, like, writing in a, in a building with the lights off. I'm like, Bendis, it's worth it. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And I'd be the guy, like, I'd be, like, that angel on people's shoulders, and I'd be like, let me work here, too. Just keep going. People are going to care. There's this weird 12-year-old in our New York office that won't leave us alone, and he thinks he knows the future. <laughs> that would be my, that'd be my hot take. All right. So art of uh, uh, apparently psychic 12-year-old boy burdened <laughs> with glorious purpose uh, because he knows too much about the future. The Loki show, real weird. And a tiny frustrated Amy being like, did my future self seriously just pop in and tell me nothing? Um, <laughs> 
um, just sort of said something about the Eggman and waved her hands around and left. Uh, yeah, that that's uh... that's the dichotomy of, of Koi and Amy, and that's why we <laughs> love working together, and that's why our podcasts work because uh, living in stories and profiting from them are magical things. Yeah, uh, I think that's the best place to end the show. And, Thank uh, you so much. Please keep sending those questions in; they are so much fun. Next week we will have Koi back from the desert. Who will he be? No one can say for sure. He will be visited by both his past and future selves. Uh, they will disclose much information. We'll find out what stock tips future future Koi has this time next week. I'm literally coming back from the desert and immediately filming shows. Prepare for me at full Koi. I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you guys when I don't know what reality is because I barely know now. Uh, until next week, folks, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $8.49. Toastmaster small appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.